We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is episode number 50. I'm Jeff, joined by Brother Jared and Chief, and we've got a special treat for you this time. So let's kick it off. So we're interviewing Mike Brown, right? Yes. Interviewing. That feels very formal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a guest on the podcast. Okay, I, I like that better. Okay, I, I got nervous as soon as you said hosting. Out, we're hosting. Guest, yeah. We're hosting we're Mike hosting, Brown yeah. on the podcast today. <laughs> and Mike Brown, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Tulsa, but I've lived in Edmond for the last twenty so odd years. So. Okay, are you family, kids. Yes, I've uh, got my beautiful wife Melissa, and we've got three kids. I've got one that just uh, we dropped off. Uh, at college at Baylor uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, my middle just turned 16. She's driving now. And then my son uh, is 12. So oh, nice. Yeah. Any of them run like you? Um, I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. No one does the crazy endurance stuff that I do, <laughs> but uh, my oldest likes to run. Um, my middle, I would say she definitely does not like to run. And then my son... <laughs> Uh, he's just starting, uh, he's seventh grade, so his school is doing nice, yeah. uh, cross country now. So this nice. is his first year um, doing it. And, and I've, I've kind of taken each of them on different races and uh, kind of piqued their interest uh, from here and there. Do they like the race scene? Yeah. My yeah. kids love the race yeah. scene. They do not like the training scene. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like if I try to get them to do anything, um, even if it's just, you know, ride your bike, I'll run. Right. Um, they're, they're good for about... 10 or 15 minutes and then they're ready to be done with that but they eat up the racing i think they like the travel as much as they do the racing and seeing you know some of these neat places you get to go um but yeah they've all been on races with me um speaking of my son you know every once in a while um when you get to your training where it gets intense and you know rarely i usually do marathons but rarely um do you have anyone that can you know um, do some of the fast paces that you need to do close to the race. So um, my son was like, and he likes to kind of follow me wherever I go. But uh, he was like, Dad, I'll, I'll uh, it was, I don't know, it was Sunday night or something. I needed to do a tempo um, training, and I was at Hefner, and it was cold. It was like late, late in the fall. I think I was training for, a, I don't know, I think CIM last year. And I took him out there, and he didn't plan it was already cold. He's in his T-shirt and shorts, and he's on his little bike, which doesn't even have gears to it. He's just, you know, pedaling away, and I'm, I'm getting faster and faster, and the wind starts picking up, and it's dark at this point. And so um, uh, I'm not cold because I'm, you know, running my legs off, but my son is trying to keep up on his little bike, and we get, I mean, a mile or two, and I've, I've got, I think, 12 or 13 miles to do around the lake. 
and he starts freezing. He's like, Dad, my hands, I can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my fingers. I'm like, well, I can't take you home now. Like, like you're messing up the whole like training <laughs> run. But anyway, so I get back to um, Louis, which is, but I'm still two or three miles short. And I was like, here, his name's Chase. I'm like, Chase, take my wallet, go into Louis, and let me finish my finish my little training run. Nice. So this little hard. This, this little twelve year old goes in there, asks for a table, sits down, and I'm doing my last three or four miles, which you know still takes a little while. But when I finally come in, um, I I walk in and I look, and my son is sitting there with the manager and the waiter sitting at a table talking and they think this kid's like lost or something. I picture like the home alone kid yeah. and he's like ordered everything. <laughs> a few shot glasses sitting out there and you're like, it's on the house. Every dessert. But my, but my wife loves to tell that story like, you know, the the you can't stop. The training run is too important. Like you got to do it. So I don't think my wife would share the same sentiment on that story as your <laughs> wife does. She's saying, I always what? think you lead by example, right? So one of these days when Chase decides to go and do something, he'll say, "You know what? I got to stick to it." That's, that's yeah, what I, that's yeah. what I know. So that's I, definitely I like a glass it. half full view of. Uh, I like it. Run. Yeah, <laughs> I look Listen. forward to the. My kids haven't gotten much of the racing stuff. They saw a little bit at Leadville this year, but okay. the race I'm coming up, I, I'm going to get to introduce them to the first. They never really didn't went to any of our Ironmans or anything. So uh, they've done some training stuff with me, but I look forward to getting them kind of introduced. Cause I think it's important to get yeah. your kids in early on that race stuff and make it kind of part of the lifestyle where it's not abnormal but more right. normal. Right. So I yeah, the racing is the racing's great, right? Because yeah. there, there's excitement there. You're around a community of people that kind of feel the same way, and so your kids are interacting with other people where they're getting treated great. You know, whereas that's not the case everywhere you go to the park. Right. Yeah, and they get to they get to see what what the grind is like, and you know how to set goals and how to uh, push yourself. I mean, a, a lot of things that I think is part of all of our running story, but we also get to kind of share with our kids and our families. So. In, in sports anymore today is so consumed with competition and it's the, I think in a negative aspect sometimes, a lot, a lot of time driven from the parents. And so I've seen that on my kids, a soccer team early and it'd be nice to take them somewhere. It's like where it's friendly competition. Nobody in an ultra scene is shoving somebody else down or yelling at somebody because they're beating them. Everybody generally wants everybody to finish right. together in some form or fashion. So I think that healthy competition is really cool to be able to get your kids into early. That's kind of that's how it is in the back of the pack, Chief. But up in the front of the pack, you know, we're we're in heated competition. You know, I mean, if I if I've got to pass, if it's single track and I need to pass, get you, out of the way. You know, I mean, look out, right? I mean, runner on your left. If, if, you know, if you fall, you know, I might get a little head start. Whatever. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. I mean, that is what I've heard about you guys back there. You're back there in the picnic runs, right? In the back. <laughs> yeah. But I especially think that's true uh, with the running community. I mean, everyone's really encouraging with, with each other. Um, I say I'm, I'm actually not that competitive with other runners. I'm more competitive with myself and what I'm trying to, uh, what I'm trying to do out there. So Yeah, yeah. and so uh, – well, do you do you just enjoy running, or do you do you bike or swim or anything else? No, I'm a terrible swimmer. Um, I think um, <laughs> I've got I've got friends who are good at all those things, and, and I've always been intimidated uh, by the bike. And it seems like it's very dangerous, and you're going really fast. And uh, uh, just even the 
at Lake Hefner, like they're agitated when you're not on the right path and you don't know the rules. So no, I, um, yeah, uh, bikers can get a little, <laughs> yeah, a little pretentious, you know, yeah. I mean, and, they're, <laughs> and they're the uncoolest of everyone. They're exactly. Right. You know? yeah. No, that's, it's, it's hard to be like a tough guy biker. Um, in my view, I mean, I try to be, but we, we've had a few chief and I, golly, I just told this story. I think this past weekend, chief, um, we were training one time I know for an Ironman, <laughs> and uh, I think we had, we had a long ride, 80, 80 miles, 100 miles, something like that, and Chief had um, designed a, a training course for us, and this was a nice. Saturday morning, and we met out at Draper, and uh, Chief's <laughs> like, I got a great course plotted out, and I was like, perfect, you know, let's do it, and so we start out on this course, and you know, before long, we find ourselves on Highway 9, on a Saturday OU football home game day, which if it's not a Saturday, it's like the most dangerous highway in Oklahoma. And then we decided we would do it on an OU home game day. This has nothing to do with where you're going. No, no, no. This, yes, it does. And so it's, it's Chief and I on these little bikes on the most dangerous highway in America. And he was, like, he was like, don't worry. It has a shoulder. Well, it doesn't have a shoulder. There is no shoulder. It's literally one of those where the line is on the side and then it falls off into the grass. And so we're biking on the side of the road while this game day traffic is happening. I get a flat tire, and oh I my mean, gosh, I'm not my wow. life was flashing before my eyes. It was scary. You got to admit, it was scary. <laughs> You're right. And when we went down Peebly North, which I didn't realize Peebly was that busy, and we go Peebly North, <laughs> he didn't realize any of these. The highway busy. Great scouting job. It's Highway Nine. Why are you not on Highway Four? Who would have thought this would be busy? Slaying chicken on an OU game day. That's not good. And that dude honked at us when you went by, and you're like, dude. Sometimes I wish people would just stop and pull over, and you're oh, going to get yeah. your beat by a dude spinning. <laughs> That's right. yeah, that was already, that, we were already off of Highway Nine at that point, so I was, was a ready place. to go. Okay, I had changed a flat. I'd almost been killed 17 times, and then a truck wants to drive by me and honk like a tough guy. So I, I was thinking, like, look, dude, we're not your two average bikers here. If you want to stop and tell me how frustrated you are with me being in the road, be my guest. It's, uh, I mean, we were begging for it at that. Jerry was pretty tuned up. <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, yeah. You're so not that's... selling the biking. To okay, me so at no, all. okay. No. But other than that, one experience that Chief was in charge of, I have never ever had another close call on a bike. Uh, I've had, I've had a few. There's a lot of trails now. I mean, you know, yeah. even so, Hefner to Overholzer to Draper, right. it's better. There's better. a lot of yeah. trails now. You almost never have to ride on the road, yeah. um, which is one of my like. One of the reasons I like mountain biking is because you can go and then, you know, you're on trails. Um, but road bikes are kind of getting like that here, at least in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And road bikes are trying to. They're a great way to see a city because you could cover a lot of miles in a pretty short period of time. And yeah. uh, it's cool. It's fun. It just, it's all about whether that community embraces cycling or not. Yeah. If they embrace cycling, they'll have a good shoulders <laughs> or bike lanes or whatever. And communities that don't. It's not going to be yeah. that much fun. <laughs> yeah. like, no the Peebly Road community doesn't necessarily embrace the road bikers. <laughs> the Nawala Incorporated does not like cycling. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay, Mike. Let's uh, let's get back to running. Okay. Uh, I running. Am, my only – I'm a one-trick pony. Yep. You said you did some halves and marathons when we were visiting before. So okay. what I'm really interested in is how the transition went from halves and marathons – to getting yourself into the Leadville 100 because there are a lot of steps in between there for some people. And then there are some people who just go straight to the hundred miler and get it done. 
and I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it and how you did it. Okay. Um, well, I would say the journey was fairly short because um, I would say for the last 10 years, uh, I've been casually doing marathons. Um, then there was a time I think I was uh, pushing myself pretty hard on marathons, but I would say only, for me, the only somebody who's done a hundred miles can say casually, casually <laughs> doing marathons. <laughs> you know, but I just mean like not really pushing myself that hard. Like yeah. you know, when it starts hurting, yeah. you know, when you're early on in this, you're like, I don't really like that. So well, what, what are you? What's your times in a marathon? I'll tell well, you I would say it's got, it's a lot better now yeah. than what it yeah. was when I first started. I mean, I was an over four hour marathon guy when I first started this kind of journey. How embarrassing! Oh. There's hope for me is what I deserve. <laughs> you're talking about you're back with me in the encouragement? Yes. <laughs> Everybody finish. Everybody. Honestly, like my first goal with the marathon was, can I finish a marathon without walking? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I was like, there's got to be a bunch of minutes I could shave off if I could just stop the walking, you know, yeah. the mile 18 yeah. to 26. Oh, and that's, yeah. a, that's an awesome goal for like new marathoners. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, you kind of do that first one. And discover that life sucks after mile eighteen. Yeah, right. I mean, and and so you tend to have like a really great day until you hit sixteen, eighteen, twenty range, um, depending on who it is. And then from that point to the end, you're right. You you know, it's yeah. half and half at best when you when you first start. And what have you ran before these marathons? Well, I mean, honestly, my very first marathon was right before. I turned 40 years old. So you went like from zero, zero to 26? Well, I shouldn't say zero. Okay. Um, my very first, in, in college, I, I ran around the campus just to like clear my head. Okay. I never pushed myself. I never yeah. got too winded with it, but it was like just a way to relax and you know yeah. clear your head a little bit. So um, casually just running for enjoyment, um, you know, fast forward, you know, 20 years or whatever, wife, family, kids, job, you know, responsibilities, like... You still kind of, you know, yearn for a few minutes to, I, I almost call it like, it's like mowing the lawn. It's mindless. Like, oh, you, you're just in your head. You can think. Um, and so um, I had a, uh, a guy at work that was like, hey, I, um, the Oklahoma City Marathon's coming up. What do you, what do you guys think about a relay? I was like, uh, I, I mean, I could, how, how much is a relay? Like, how many miles do I have to do for that? And he was like, three something. And at that point, I probably hadn't even run three before. So I guess the point is I've always kind of gone from, you know, whatever I did, I wanted to get better at that. And then I want to add a little more. So I went from a three and I probably walked even part of the relay on the three to the next year. I'm like, I wonder what it'd be like to take the six mile leg of the relay. And then from there, you know, you know, the, I know there's 10 K races around. That'd be kind of fun. Maybe I should, maybe I should do that. So I've just kind of added to it. Which is probably how I um, got intrigued with, you know, this ridiculous ultra scene. And, and uh, uh, but no, I, it's all new to me. Um, in fact, uh, when I put my name in the, in the hat for Leadville, I really put it in there thinking there's no chance that I'm going to actually get selected for this. <laughs> there's a lot of right? people that There's think a lot of people that, that think that. Yeah. That's how we got into Really? Yeah. yeah. I was actually just going to brag about being man enough to enter the lottery because I was confident I wasn't going to get in, right? Yeah. Because, like, you don't get in, you don't have to do it. But it's like I was man enough to enter the lottery. That was my initial plan when we first entered the very first year. And then, of course, we got selected. And then, the and then you hear people that all these things that they've done and the volunteering and the, 
you know, yeah. crewing yeah. and whatever just to get a chance. Yep. I'm thinking, I haven't done any of that. So <laughs> I'll just stick my name in the hat and I'm not going to get pulled. But, you know, it just piqued my interest and the curiosity, you know, is it really possible? Could you do it? And, you know, we'd taken family vacation to Colorado and I'd go find that little Leadville town and wander around. I'm like, this is where they, you know, those crazy runners do yeah. their thing. And I was you like, someday. You said something cool, though, you know, that like you're... You had a wife, family, job, the whole thing, but there was still some kind of yearning for, you know, something. And uh, and that's, I think, something that we have all sort of related to um, throughout kind of our adult life. Because, you know, there was a time where, um, you know, I did sports while I was growing up. And then once you get to that point where sports ends, they sort of like, it's like a hard stop. And then life happens. And then there's something that kind of draws you back into it. Um, and that was something that, that I felt a lot in my life where I realized like, man, I need something. I need something to do. I need something to like strive for, yeah. to aim at. Right. Um, that really helped like focus the rest of my life. Right. You know, it wasn't even about what I was, you know, it wasn't about running. It wasn't about triathlon. Right. It was like, this gets the rest of my life in order. Right, right. It, a lot of times it's very little about running and more about the effects of the running. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know how you can um, be an example or, you know, your kids are watching you and, um, I don't know, setting goals and, and, you know, figuring out how to go from point A to Z and what are the little bite-sized things I can do all along the way to be able to get to where I want to be, so... Yeah, I started similar in college, just running to clear my head. Yeah. And what I figured out was I I was better prepared for my day after that experience. Yeah. And that's kind of translated into adulthood now where if, if I don't get that time, I don't show up in my best self at work right. with my family and stuff like that. So it's weird how you miss that or how it gets taken for granted as you're growing up when it's it's kind of ingrained in you and then when it's time to run your own life that's what's missing right and uh that's that's a great that's a great one and that's the one that lots of guys uh struggle with probably gals too i mean you guys are fairly athletic you probably did a lot of like legit sports stuff when you're young that's a little different from me like i was music and academics and like high school was not really about sports at all for me in fact some people would say that you know whatever little success i've had in this in this uh, uh, running thing, it could be, um, or the health that I've been able to enjoy through it, maybe because I didn't beat myself up when I was younger with that's, it. That's Before, really interesting that's that a great you point. don't have like a big sports background. That's, right. I'd have to say like, I'd say probably a, a, I wouldn't want a statistically big majority, but I'd say a bulk of people probably have some sort of sports background that do ultras or whatever. Yeah. For you to not to have that. Yeah, I don't have but, any of that. But... Uh, she that. must be so screwed up in some other way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. There's got to be sure. something wrong with we'll you. Fi- we'll I need to be in therapy for something. So. By the end of this podcast, we'll get. Yeah, we'll get to I the like that of you that. move to ultras kind of later on in your life because that's that's how I feel. I'm 47. Uh-huh. I didn't get into the ultra scene until Jared got us into this, and I was 44. How long, how long ago was that? Three or four years. It's been a while. And I, you know, really. I didn't dream. I didn't even know there were distances past a marathon. Yeah, like I hadn't hadn't even heard of that or right. read about it. Or you know anything. what's weird to me is like you you attribute that to me, and I attribute it to Chief. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think who like, do you there, attribute? There's it to? no That's way I would have ever thought of doing an ultra without Chief. Yep. And I like 
almost every night I sort of lay in bed thinking like, God, if Chief would have just been a golfer, how, how good. <laughs> could have been so. How good would my more life be? <laughs> my life would be so good if it was just a golfer. Yeah. I mean, it's really, we were that close. What, uh, what I like to think is this community, especially since we got into it, I, I like that there's almost the feel of like when you meet somebody, the greatest thing to hear is what what are they thinking about and how did they get here? It's not necessarily about accomplishments or placing yeah. or this and that. It's like, ooh, where have you gone? Where have you gone? Where do you run at? What race did you do? Right. And it's almost more like a get to know an area and a person and the scene more than it is about – Hey, how fast did you go and and what place did you get? And for those that haven't been to like an ultra and seen um, kind of what you're getting to experience and the encouragement, it's pretty cool. Like it's relaxed. It's It's, fun. People are, you know, six or eight lawn chairs and their their, um, hood popped up and people are just enjoying themselves and enjoying the community. So, yeah, it is. It is pretty neat. Was, Was Leadville your first ultra? Leadville was, okay, yes and no. Um, I, I said I got selected for it, but then I've got a running coach that's like, are you are you seriously trying to go from like 26 <laughs> to 100 miles in the mountains? Like, you're from Oklahoma. Like, are you nuts? So that's, there you are. That's yeah. what got you there. You're yeah. a little nuts. Yeah, I'm a little crazy, yes. And, you, and, and, and at that point you were like, wait, maybe this isn't a good idea. Yeah. What, what was I thinking? <laughs> But I was, you know, like I gotta follow through. I was selected, and I, I, I have to say, full disclosure, there were plenty of times where I was like, maybe I am a little nuts. Maybe this is over my head. Like, this is Colorado, and this is some of the steepest, most brutal terrain. And people that are good at this and do this all the time struggle with it. Like, what am I thinking? Should I just like, you know, punt this till I can train for like a full year or? So I mean, I, those thoughts definitely went through my head, but I was like, you know what? It, it's I'm gonna just you know I don't want to wait another year. Let's just do it and see, um, and be okay with the results, whatever it is. So, so you probably want to do a race or two in between there. Yeah. So I said he's like, it, you need to get some racing in there, and you need to do some longer uh, mileage runs, um, and you need to start getting comfortable with a stairmaster. Like I never really yeah. done any climbs. <laughs> yeah. And there, and I'm like, but that's really slow. And he's like, you trust me, you're going to be really slow at times on <laughs> yeah. this race. So um, I was like, he's the expert. So um, I guess that's one, you know, positive thing is I feel like I'm fairly teachable. If a coach says to do something, I definitely don't want to show up at the starting line and go, I was smarter than him. Um, I did it my own way. I mean, I I'll do everything, whatever's on the plan. I'm going to do it to the T. And if I fail, I fail, but at least I can say I did everything you told me to do. So he told me to do some uh, warm-up races. So actually, uh, Oklahoma has a number of races uh, through the summer that helps build up to um, uh, Leadville in late August, which were the Outlaw Series. So my very first, I guess, ultra and anything over 26 was uh, Flowerman. I did Flowerman. Yeah. That's a 50-miler. Paul Huska. So you didn't do Lake McMurtry. I did not do Lake McMurtry, no. So you did the Fireman 50. Fire Moon. I did Fireman so 50. Went, you, uh, so you basically doubled the distance. By the way, yeah. a hard 50, too, by the way. Dude, yes. yeah. Hard, hard 50. 50, but, you know, unlike a marathon, you're not 
You're not uh, aerobically, you know, pushing yourself the entire time. I don't yeah. push myself in a marathon like this. I get all these people that <laughs> like, come faster, here. Like, he's faster than we are. They, they always talk about this like, well, it's, you know, marathon is hardest of all because you're running at, you know, max. And I'm like, I'm not running at max yeah. for a marathon. Yeah, you? you're probably holding some back. I don't understand. You got a lot in the tank. You got to okay. maybe empty maybe it next time. Maybe I do have a sub four marathon in me. Maybe that's what we're figuring out. Like J- David Goggins says, you probably only tap forty percent of your potential. Hey, you're right. I, you may be right. I think one hundred percent right. That's it. The so you did you know much about like nutrition? Like we went into that a lot where we kind of did this podcast not only just for us as dads and, yeah. and doing something abnormal to what typical guys our age yeah. do, but also run into like a lot of new runners that don't understand hydration, nutrition, eating while running. Just as last. What, three or four weeks ago, I went for a 20 mile with one of my coworkers, and he bonked out at 12 or 13 miles. And I said, Travis, have you eaten anything? He's like, I didn't know I was supposed to eat when I run. And I'm like, oh boy, we got a lot of cover here, you know? And so what did you know? Who has coworkers that'll just sign up for a 20 miler? How far are you, you going today? Like- 20? Yeah, I'm in. Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the Navy. Well, there's, I, have a, I have a swath of people to choose from. Golly. I generally just ask until somebody says yes. That- <laughs> you know what's crazy? I feel like we were that group of not knowing how to do nutrition, how to do hydration. That's part of why we started this podcast yeah. is because we were looking for information. Right. And we didn't find anything that related to like – a hundred and ninety pound guy yeah. trying to knock out a hundred miles. Yeah, so you only find like pro level right, yeah. people. And right, like here's it what seems I do so like, unattainable. Yeah, I can't do that. My dietitian, nutritionist, and my my you know whatever good sponsor gives me all this stuff. It's like, well, that's, that doesn't do anything for yeah. us because yeah. I don't know what that means. And so, so that's a great question. We yeah. all talked over the answer. The, the question, I'll take, you, I'll take you back to the question, was, it, you know, how did you kind of do the nutrition? Was that your first experience? I mean, someone it? told me when I first, you know, um, considered this ultra thing, as they said, ultra running is uh, a ton of eating and a little bit of running. And I was like, okay, well, I've never really eaten when I run or, or even do long runs for marathons. I mean, even when I'm dehydrated, I'm like, oh, I'm just a few miles away, whatever. So that has been a definite shift in what I normally think about um, is uh, now I, I run to get tired and then I start eating and then I start, you know, what does this feel like? Some of the stuff that sounds good when you're um, not exercising doesn't sound good at all when you're, you know. of foods though, right? No. no. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the answer to the question is how do I even know that it was important is I I've tried to learn as much as I can about the sport. I mean, whether it's podcasts like you guys or talking to people that um, have already, uh, um, you know, uh, dipped their toe into the ultra scene, they're like, this is really important. So if, if everyone is generally saying nutrition is important, I'm going to take it serious. But I would say I, I wouldn't necessarily consider me a success story on nutrition. Like, I eat a lot of junk. Um, and I think probably to get to that next level of athletic performance, I'd, I'd have to take it a lot more serious, you know, not just in the race, but, you know, for months and months leading up to it. So, um, Mike's yeah. a Leadville hundred finisher. So like right. when he says, if I were to take it to the next level, we're talking, you big know, buckle. Yeah. Big, yeah, buckle. big buckle. That's right. He's like a big buckle. So yeah. did the flower. So we're at, we're at flower moon. So you've pushed it up to 50 miles. Now. Yes. And Decided looking, to do Flower Moon. Looking forward to Leadville. So how did it how did it end up and what Flower what Moon? Was, what was your plan going forward at that point? 
Uh, I really just wanted to see what 50 miles on the legs felt like. And what's funny, if you if you look at my, what is it, um, uh, run, whatever, um, uh, or my registration, I DNF'd Flowerman. I did not finish it. Because I got lost. Like, I didn't realize the ultra thing was a lot of, like, <laughs> circles and... Self-navigation? Yes. Yes. And I got lost, and I was like... I don't feel right about, I said, I don't think I ever passed that guy who just <laughs> came across the finish line. I said, I don't feel right about this. Like, I think you need to DNF me. Oh, so you went across the finish line? Yeah. Oh, I would have given me the building bone. He went left. <laughs> he went left. I went right. I said, well, where'd you go? Yeah. Where'd who go? No, I, Dude, like, I dropped out. I've been wearing my sweatshirt like every day this fall. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't even care. So how many miles did you end up getting? I got in 50. Oh. Oh, that what? counts. Oh, that's that totally 100% counts. That that's counts. Nice. Yeah, that's, no. that's, I got in 50. That's what I wanted to tell my coach. I did 50. <laughs> you're right, though. The course is like 52. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, just, so, and that's what people said. I'm like, I, I did this in 50. This is not right. So, man, so see, what that like describes the ultra scene, though. You know what I mean? Right. Because it is it's like, the ultra because scene, Because yeah. there's no difference to you in the no. 52 and 50. No, and like 50 I mean, miles and like, done. Yep. You did what? Yeah. And I was really curious. Like, what is that going to feel like after what I've done in the past 26, 28, whatever. I want to know what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, what I was mean, it like yeah. for you? Oh, it, it hurts. I mean, <laughs> you know, but you, you guys know, you know, when you get toward the end, it's 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 more of a shuffle than a pretty, you know, yeah. last 10 miles anyway, right? Yeah. It's just kind of hang on and, and, and finish it and yeah, be we, somewhat respectful. Chief yeah. and I, and we did the exact same thing the first year we were in Leadville. We said, I want to know what 50 feels like. And so we signed up for the Coyote Run down in Fort Worth, or what's it called? What's Coyote Cleburne. Run? Cleburne State Park. State Park. Yeah. So we go to Cleburne because I was like, I want to feel 50 yeah. miles, you know? And then you sort of feel 50 miles and you go, 100, I don't know. I know. That's not yeah. possible. You that, know, because it feels like a whole different level, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're like, I yeah. can't imagine being halfway right now. Um, and so it's really like, it's in a way, I think it's helpful because it kind of, makes it where it's like, okay, this is possible to cover that distance. But it's also kind of demoralizing because you think, I felt like shit for the last five hours. And so yeah. you're telling me I'm only halfway. Like, this is pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, my experience uh, after that was, I think that, I'm trying to think, that was like maybe two months May. before. May that was May, yeah. Uh, May. May. Flower okay. Moon was in May. Yeah. Flower Moon was in May. And then um, I signed, someone else said, you need to find a race where you're running in the dark. I've never, I mean... In the neighborhood. For, that's, yeah, pretty good, that's pretty good advice, really. Yeah. I mean, it's decent. And it's hard to find a race in the dark. Yeah. That, that's not like a um, wildly long distance. Like, dark and dirty is specifically yeah. in the dark. I haven't really had to run in, in the dark yet at Leadville, so I don't know this. That I'm great so advice. prepared, though. I have headlamps. <laughs> I got extra batteries. Gloves. I'm so prepared for dark. I'm going to try to make it to the dark next year and see what that's like. <laughs> Like what it would be like to run in the dark. Oh my gosh! I'm so this race, the dark and dirty uh, outlaw series race. What's yep. up? That's Out, outlaw. another outlaw series race. Yep. Yes. And uh, it was funny before we ever started the race, we went up to the uh, um, the guy who puts on the outlaw series, Jeremy, and we're mm-hmm. talking to him, and he's like, "This is a guy who's he's training for Ludville, and he he wants to you know try out your course, see how see what it feels like running in the dark and whatever." So, but even then. Um, it was a lot of unknown. I have no idea what this is going to be like. Now that race started, I mean, it was like upper nineties Yeah. when the sun was out. Um, yeah. when we got that race started, um, and you're 
immediately, I don't know if you remember the course, but he immediately goes uphill. And uh, I was like, what? Wait, are we supposed to run this? Like, <laughs> Have we but then that? I also feel guilty for like immediately walking, you know, like the race. So sort of like Leadville, you I know guess, that first hill. I got so yeah, excited where, where and just here we go. steep enough that you wonder, should I walk this hill? You yeah. know, the one on the road. I think <laughs> it's like point five. <laughs> you know, like, all you're thinking is like, uh, I got ninety nine point five miles left. Should I go ahead and walk That's this? What one? I was like, I'm walking. I got. I'm like, is my heart rate up from the adrenaline or from the hill yet? <laughs> Um, so the dark and dirty was, was a great experience. However, one of the things that dark and dirty taught me, cause I was pushing myself and, um, and, and that's one thing that's, uh, I didn't realize is that, uh, people are doing all different types of distances. Yeah. So you don't know, am I in the front? Am I in the back? Like, am I doing good? Am I not doing good? So I'm just going to stick with, you know, whatever's in my head as far as the game plan. So I did the dark and dirty, uh, and did it well, but. Uh, toward the end, I started getting nauseated, like the heat and the dehydration and all those things like that everyone says, you got to eat, you got to yeah. drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to do it, but there's only so much you can push down. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, um, um, one of the guys that was at that race with me that was kind of um, cheering, cheering me along ended up running Leadville with me, but uh, um, he got to see uh, me get nauseated and puke at the dark and dirty and i i did it a fair amount like uh of the puking and he's like i've never seen most people would like tap out they're like you're done you know i guess we're gonna go to the car now right and he's like you have this uncanny way of puke and rally right like yeah i feel awful my stomach is you know so full i gotta get this off but i would puke and some of my best racing would be after i could empty my stomach so uh, I did pretty well at Dark and Dirty, even with the, you know, five, ten minutes of sitting on the side and throwing my guts up, um, realizing, okay, that's what it feels like to really hurt, and that's what it feels like to kind of hit that wall on an ultra. And another thing, I mean, it also um, honestly gave me enough of a doubt. I'm like, okay, that was a 50K. I'm talking yeah. about 100 miles. Yeah. And I struggled on that and had issues like what's this you know so this curiosity i guess propelled me forward to to doing this 100 mile thing but there was no oh i know i can do this at all yeah. like this is still a guess and i'm i'm learning uh about myself along the way of this journey so well, i've i've got uh, i'd like i'd like for you to expand on that a little bit because you said something earlier when you were signing up and got into the lottery of leadville of can I do it? I don't know. Well, let's just see. Yeah. And so there's a lot to the ultra community that is testing personal limits. Yeah. And it, it's so much about the individual versus everybody else that's there. What do you think you've always had that? Or is that something that's grown in you as you've kind of matured in your running? Or has that always been the case? I think I've always, I think I've always had that. Yeah. You know, that, that question of, you know, um, can I do a little more or can I push myself? Can I endure? Um, I, I even think about, you know, you're always kind of wanting that perfect race. It's almost like a puzzle. Like the curiosity makes you want it. Like, how do I do the nutrition piece? Right. How do I do the pacing? Right. There's so many things and any one of those not placed correctly. Um, and, and you could blow up and, and, and do terrible. I mean, it, I feel like that it's that way in academics. My, you know, I've got a, 
uh, a kid who's uh, um, a bookworm and she's always studying and she's, you know, prepared. And it's like, okay, can I put together that perfect exam and where everything that I prepared, you know, correlates to test day? It's the same thing. You kind of want to, for me, I kind of want to see what I'm made of, um, whether that's in racing or whether that's in life i kind of want to see you know what 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 i'm made of right yeah i love that point it's almost yeah. like a human, we all agree <laughs> yeah it's a human science project you get to right, test. right you get to test your own hey my will and my training and my plan there's like a big like you said a bunch of pieces that go in that puzzle yeah and you get to go back to the drawing board and do it again the next race and the next race right. and Maybe that's that's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you're the you're the first one who said curiosity several times, right? Um, and we haven't ever kind of tagged that word with it. But but you're right. It's always you know it's a it's a learning process every time. I mean, even your training runs and stuff. You you know you kind of do some things and you figure out that didn't work as good yeah. as you know the last thing I tried. And right. So then you go back to the last thing you tried and it didn't work as good as the first time you right. tried it. And so you're always tinkering with it, um, which I, I think is just, um, it's that process, you know, that, that people really like get hooked on and, and there's no way to perfect it. And, you know, I have to, you have, we all have to kind of be honest with ourselves too, right? Uh, what we can do and what we can't. Like I, I communicate with my coach, uh, routinely about, okay, you know, Wednesday's tempo run, I wasn't able to do. Um, I couldn't keep up with this pace or whatever. And so we're always kind of tweaking and uh, measuring. But more times than not, he'll go, I think that's okay. Don't don't sweat it. Like, don't beat yourself up over it. It's it's fine. Um, that's good. That's, that's, that's great advice. That's unbelievable advice. Yeah, because, oh, man. Because, you know, probably you were beating yourself up about it. But I know, like, when I miss a training run or a training run doesn't, I don't get, you know, let's say it was going to be 12 and for whatever reason – it's, you know, I did nine and a half miles on a training run that was supposed to be 12. Right. My brain registers it as a failure. Right. Um, and so yeah. then I'm, I'm like, you know, beat up about it. And uh, I mean, that's just something I think, you know, you have a tendency to think, oh, I missed the mark. I fell right. short. And instead of going, well, hold on, that's all right. Let me figure yeah. out why well, that you gotta, happened. Gotta give yourself a little grace. Um, but I think you have to recognize that too, because if you're not recognizing like, okay, didn't make the mark today. I want to meet the mark tomorrow. If you're okay with not having success, even in a training plan, I don't think you'll find success at the race day. And I think that's an important aspect yeah. to, to cover too, to say you're recognizing I didn't get all my miles in today and, and I'm not okay with that, but it's okay that you can miss a mark every once in a while. You don't have to be so regimented on your training plan all the time. We're all, we're all out here pushing ourselves, right? So this, this is all about pushing yourself. And so when you get in a group of, people who are pushing themselves, they hold themselves to a standard. Mm -hmm. So the coach can come in and say, you know what, let's, let's mediate this a little bit and say, yes, I know you're feeling a certain way because it went a certain way in the big picture. We're still making progress forward. So you don't get caught on a, a day to day thing when we're looking at a big picture, that's a year long. Right. Mm. They can probably see that better in you than you can see it in yourself. I agree. Right. Oh, I tend to, if I miss a, Tuesday run, 
I'm like, well, this week is shot. Yeah, yeah. Might as right. well take the rest of the week. Exactly. <laughs> Monday. You know, I mean, I really do. It's like, you know, it's a beer week all of a sudden. Right? You, know? yeah. you miss a Tuesday yeah. run, you're on beer week. Uh, no, so I wanted to ask you a question, though. Like, have you have you missed? Have you failed? You know, oh, you yeah. say it's kind of a puzzle Absolutely. piece. And so, like, I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, literally Leadville. I mean, one of, the, one of the pieces of the puzzle that everyone would say is extremely important you got nutrition, you've got uh, the training, and like I, I'm like, okay, I'm showing up to the starting line in shape like I'm supposed to be, right? I've done what I can do. One of the pieces that I struggle with before uh, a lot of races is uh, rest um, and sleep. So this year's Leadville, uh, I'm sitting with uh, my, my crew and uh, uh, my pacer, and it's like, okay, we got to go to bed. It's like 8 o'clock, right? The race, we got to be up at, I think it was 2.45 or 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I'm, and I've known, I've done this in Boston before where I literally just stared at the ceiling the entire night oh my before running Boston. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, I've done this. I'm prepared. I've got my NyQuil, like, you know, whatever to <laughs> knock me over, right? So I take two NyQuil. And I'm a little anxious. And it's not working. Oh, no. I take two melatonin, still staring at the ceiling, mind racing, going through the game plan. And I'm like, it's midnight. It's one o'clock in the morning. I haven't slept a wink. You, you didn't get a wink. I didn't get it? a wink of sleep the entire night. Oh my night. gosh. So I'm just, I'm like, one of my, you know, one of my roommates is going to turn the light on and the night's over, right? Your and it's time, it's time to go do 100 miles. Your wife rolls over, you're staring at her like, what? Yeah. Man, I slept good. Wow, I've been awake all night. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm anxious. I'm like, okay, I, I messed that piece up. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I? So I, I, go, in the, I go in the bathroom and uh, um, my crew chief is in there brushing his teeth. And I'm like, Ken, I didn't sleep a wink last night. What do I do? <laughs> like, like, how do gonna, I? Like, he's going to fix it now. Like, I know. <laughs> nope. I, I really just want him to lie to me and tell me it's going to be It's good. fine. It's, yeah. fine. it's no big deal. Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody sleeps. Yeah, no one sleeps. And that's exactly what he said. And it was believable enough, his <laughs> spiel, that I go, okay, all right, it's time to do this. Let's do it. What a mental battle, though, that early. Like, you did all this yeah. training to not get sleep the night before the race. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Now you're going to the gates. Like there's there's no way yeah. I can't do it now. Yeah, I'm full of Nyquil. I'm full of. Yeah. <laughs> I like, can't I can't hardly stay awake now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like falling asleep around Turquoise Lake. <laughs> oh my gosh! If I could just awesome. get five minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and it was so funny though because you like you're always you're wondering when the first thing is going to go wrong because you know something's going to go yeah, wrong. Right? Gonna you know, be wrong. But you don't think it's going to be before the race. <laughs> yeah. You think like, is it going to be mile 12 that this happens? And I'm so gonna... jealous of people that can sleep so well before races. I sleep terrible. I did not sleep well this year. I have, I usually, honestly, I usually lay down and I'm knocked out and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect to sleep. But I sleep every time. This year I didn't sleep well. Um, and I couldn't figure it out. I kept waking up. Um, and I was sort of restless, and I was like, am I hot? Am I cold? Am I?" And I was just rolling around. I don't know if it was like nerves or what it was, but this was the first year um, that I felt like I did not sleep well before yeah. something big. I usually think I'm not going to, and then I just you know fall asleep. And, and we know it's a part of performance, right? Like 
being well rested yeah. at yeah. the starting line. A huge I, part. Right? I did this. I did this at Boston a couple of years ago, and I literally called the front desk of the hotel, and I'm like, "It's one in the morning." I'm like, "Do you have any anything to help me sleep?" Do you have? Yeah. Any? <laughs> what I'm a like, creepy. Please. Who's this guy on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He was like, "Oh, there's like a mile down the road. You can go to there's a Walgreens." I'm like, "Forget it, just forget it." And <laughs> I remember texting my buddies. I expected a better Never response. Never mind, <laughs> exactly. And I texted my buddies, and I was like, "Guys, don't expect a lot. This is this is not gonna be at good. one in the morning. You're texting them too, yeah. right? This is this is not gonna be good. Yeah, I'm not asleep yet. I'm still not asleep. Is so. anybody awake? Yeah, <laughs> that's hey incredible. Guys, what are you doing? That's so hilarious. That is incredible. All right, so let's. So take us there. So haven't slept well. Show up at the starting corral. Haven't slept well, but I, I put this it. aside. It's time to do what I've been working on for six, nine months, right? And so um, you got to race this big. You've got all these details you're thinking through. My nutrition. Uh, the way I planned my nutrition was I broke it up into thirds. I said, first third, I'm going to try to do nothing but eat uh, solid food. Um, so... I'm realizing I'm not going to see my crew until like mile 25. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot of food to <laughs> shove in my pockets. So my pockets are completely bulged out with, and what I, what I landed on uh, for solid foods, I, I tried everything. Um, but what I landed on for solid foods was Reese's. <laughs> the peanut butter cups? No, no, no. The little, uh, the little dot things. Oh, like, the, like pieces. Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Okay. So, so not only are your pockets full, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this guy got gravel in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> and what's what's funny is I literally counted out the number of M and M's, Reese's, gummies, and what else did I do? I feel like I had a fourth one. So you ate. So just when like you candy. say solid, I ate food, like it's like fair food. This yeah, is all like, I ate. Yeah, a funnel cake. <laughs> So That's not solid, solid food. food. Yeah. Not solid food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not nutritious. This is all junk food, right? But okay, so but I've got them counted out. Like, you know, 20 Reese's pieces is 180 calories plus. So I've got every bag is an hour's worth of running. And that's one thing I kind of learned yeah, by yep. you know talking to people is yeah. I need you know, to instead of um, like large, you know, boluses of nutrition, just do little nibbles and bites, you know, throughout. Uh, and so I, I get fuzzy headed when I start running. I, it's, I needed something simple. And I was like, I told my crew, I'm like, I'm going to hand you these empty bags and you tell me if I'm on track with my nutrition or not. So, uh, but anyway, so get to the starting line, um, nerves, no sleep. Uh, but totally jacked and pumped to be there. I mean, it's, it's pitch black. And pockets full of candy. I am ready exactly. for this sugar rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard not to get pumped at that starting. Yeah, it is. Right? I got even kind of emotional on the national anthem. Yeah, and you know what's so stupid up. is you're thinking this is a hundred mile race. So like getting jacked right now. I don't want to waste. I don't, I don't know if this is right good now. or not. This is not good. This is not one of those sports that like you can make a difference in the first two minutes. No, you know, like I'm I, I have a wrestling background. In the first two minutes, you can really change the outcome. Yeah, no, you cannot in this. You light up for 100, and you're like, I need to not be so jacked up right now. What's that? <laughs> I need to chill it out. Yeah. Um, the one piece of advice I had from um, from uh, Ken, who uh, is a buddy, and he was on my crew, um, is that he said, you might consider getting in the front of the pack uh, once the gun goes off. Before you start going around the lake, because it gets single fire, single track, 
And he's like, unless you're fine with uh, being stuck and really having no control about what the pace is going to eventually be, he's like, you might consider getting up there. This is this Great is advice. not and Ken's the, a previous Leadville finisher. He's the another hundred yes. finisher. Yes. yes, this is not the advice that most. This is not the common advice. I don't no. think. No, I think the common is advice the experienced is advice. Don't go out hard. Yeah. Hold back yeah. and. And I could not agree with that advice more. That's what we did this like, year. Like, get out a little quicker yep. because... And can, I wouldn't recommend that at many other races, but this one, because you get into this tree line so quick yeah. that... And then the pace slows down to where you were planning down. on running anyway. Yeah. And so it's almost like those first three miles... You have a chance I to recover as you're there. still running. We, we agree with that. That's, yeah. that's something we changed this year, and I was extremely happy with it. Well, because the... Half of that first cutoff is that single file line. In our first year, we did hang in the back. Yeah. We got stuck in a oh, real really? slow combo line. Yeah, we did. And we came in way back than we anticipated on the pace. And we, and it, and we I didn't want that line to dictate you know, right. my and eventual results. We could have so. come in earlier without really any more effort, right? I mean, it's kind of just you just get caught in the line. Yeah, you do. And, and what's, the other thing about it is you think, I think with a little experience, Initially, you think 100 miles, you know, a few minutes here and there doesn't matter. And then, like, if you're a guy who's close to cutoffs, all of a sudden, it becomes pretty important oh, yeah. to waste five minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, it's – and so I think uh, – All of it matters. All yeah. of it matters. All it it really matters. does. It all, and it adds up over a 30-hour period. It all matters. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that advice for anybody who's kind of looking at Leadville. Um, I, don't go out too hard, right? That's good advice. But if you get caught in the back, um, and hard does not mean like seven eight minute paces. No, hard yeah. could mean. I, I think I ended up first twelve miles around ten. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say if you're running a ten minute mile in those first five miles, you're going to not have a problem with the line yeah. around the lake. Yeah, yeah, because you find those people in the mid front pack more strategically running like you want to. Where you're power hiking up, running down, right. running the flats, power hiking up, you know, be, be moving with the quickness, like a purpose. Like you guys were saying, the Colorado Trail, you notice that a lot too, right? Yeah. So, um, a guy, the, the, the buddy that uh, ran it last year and was successful, another bit of advice he gave me is he said, don't be disappointed if in mile, I think it was five or six when it starts that really steep climb. Yeah. He's like, don't be frustrated if you feel the need to walk. Like a lot of people are going to be walking because I hadn't walked to that point and and so that was good advice i was like okay this is yeah. and, and if you look around I mean, everyone's kind of doing that anyway i mean that, it's steep yeah, really that, steep that, so. that so yeah but your mindset yeah. at that point is so fragile right. it's like it, it, you don't want to start mindset. tagging on Who things that are not going that? good no yeah. no no they call that mini power line mini power. I, i've legit heard that yeah i heard it too. oh really From called mini other runners line. yeah that little hill that you hit and took a right and go up it's a quarter it's a quarter mile i remember that yeah yeah it's like, steep. I, I didn't know it anybody steep, yeah. doesn't walk it. You can't. I tried to run down it after Leadville this year. You can't run down it. It's so steep. Like it just. Yeah. It's just. You can't. You're out of control. Yeah. Don't, so don't admit that. <laughs> don't admit that. I want to meet somebody. I was gonna say up. my pacer. I was running that with him, and the only thing, the only technique that I had was right, left, right, left, right. Wait left. a second. Well, I know when that adds miles and all that. that. Good advice? I don't know. No, yes, sir. This cannot be the case. I'm gonna, I, I think that's great advice. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also, I don't know. It's probably ter- terrible advice, but no, I'm saying that's advice. what I did. That's what it's he does. Advice. 
Hey, that's an inside joke between us. Cause Chief they, gave us this advice the first year we ever went yeah. to Leadville to preview the course. Yeah. Um, we we're coming down power line. And he was like, guys, I think I figured something out. If you <laughs> run side to side, you can really keep your speed under control. <laughs> and it won't kill your quads. And so we were like, yeah, this probably makes sense. And So you know, so everyone's we, doing it. Yeah, so we ran like an extra 14 miles in a two-mile stretch, <laughs> just going side to side as fast as we could. You know, And that was, that was my downfall, honestly. I mean, that was it. You would have had a good race. Just right, that was it. I mean, it's DNF right there. That's <laughs> Now, um, another thing I kind of learned about myself is throughout this experience is I'm not great with the uphill climb. Like, I mean, people pass me, like a lot of people are passing me on the up, but I'm fairly good at the down. Like, I try to make it up on the down. Um, But anyway, so uh, I'm I'm hitting my nutrition. Um, I'm I'm doing the climbs, not beating myself up when I'm having to do the walk. And what I'm, was your other two thirds? So you said first third was solid food. First third is yeah, solid food. Second third is um, you know the uh, you know, goo, goose. The goose. You know the uh, what was I doing? Um, I was doing the goo roctane, uh-huh. which is actually what they had on the course. Yep. Uh, and Did I you was, have the good okay flavors though. I, I actually think sh- the pomegranate's a pretty good flavor, oh, and you—I <laughs> heard you on the podcast recently say that's the terrible flavor. <laughs> this is you why we have banana. Did you? No, I didn't no. even know they had banana till the race, <laughs> and I was just planning on taking on goose from the aid station. They're like banana, and I'm like, what? Is that a real flavor? <laughs> is that a flavor? <laughs> Do you have pomegranate? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't—I don't know. We but liked I was like the roctane drink, the strawberry. You what did I think of it? We liked it. Oh. You never, uh, so you never took any of those caloric drinks at all? Uh, of theirs? Well, no, I have so, my own. Yeah, what, what were you having? Yeah. Okay, so, and and then the last, okay, that's the, you know, the gel nutrition for the second third. Okay. Uh, and then the last third, uh, I knew that I, I mean, I have a hard time taking all this stuff on anyway, uh, that I was going to be liquid nutrition the rest of the way. So, um, I've done Tailwind and had, had good results yeah. with Tailwind, so yeah. I decided to just... Even in my mind, I'm like, that's probably where I'm going to be going. Um, so you know, I was like, if I can, if I can get 60 miles though, and not have done nothing but liquid nutrition, I think that'll be yeah, that's pretty good. good. That's so, really good. Yeah. Uh, and um, and knowing the last 40 miles, if I do this right, um, hopefully it's it's a fast march anyway, and I'm not having to really push myself and worrying about cutoffs. Um, but anyway, so that was kind of the nutrition goal were those things. So. Uh, anyway, take off from the starting line. Uh, I'm, I'm on. I'm on pace. Um, I'm doing everything. I, actually, I was kind of like a, using a governor. I, my pacer was like, "Don't go any faster than uh, I think it was like mid nines to mid tens that first like twelve miles." And I forget which which uh, aid station is. Yeah, that's that right. That's May Queen. That's May, May Queen. Queen. Yep. Okay. Well, I didn't meet my crew at the at, at that. Station. I wasn't going to be meeting them till like twenty five. Right. So I don't think I really stopped at all at May Queen the first time. I think I might have said, you know, fill my water. Thing good on, good on candy. I'm, I'm good on candy. <laughs> I'm good on sour batch. <laughs> you guys guess how many sour patches or fucking sour gummies? <laughs> And by the way, I don't know if any of this contributes to, you know, results. I just, this is just what I did. You know, yeah. like, 
everyone can kind of do their own thing. I don't think there's any one I think path that's to the success. Beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. does do their own thing. Yeah. I think that's that's the great. I mean, thing I hear about this. people that eat like uh, hamburgers and hot dogs at Twin Lakes, and I'm like, I, I don't know how you could get that Pizza. down. <laughs> the, the the first time I discovered how my nutrition works, I had two Sonic meat and cheese breakfast burritos during the Chattanooga Ironman. And I felt the best I'd ever felt. Really? Yeah. I literally had them, you know, in the foil wrappers in my bike jersey. And I ate one at, you know, whatever, mile 50. And then I ate another one later. So I had two ultimate meat and cheese Sonic breakfast burritos. Had the best bike of my life. And I was like, that's it. I got. I just need breakfast. I'm just burritos. gonna do breakfast burritos. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but like, I mean, really can you guys me. eat like even at the end of a marathon when like no. Carl's no. Jr. at Oklahoma City? No. Like that. No. I mean, other than this, it smells amazing. Like I, I can't no, eat. Me neither. Yeah. No, that. But I mean, I think it's a it's a valid point. You have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Um, the and first time I tried the Reese's idea, by the way, was at uh, uh, the Bluffs at Hefner. It was literally like 105 degrees. And within 10 minutes, it, I had nothing but a chocolate goo bag. <laughs> sure, sure. And I'm like, okay, this is basically my, you know. Gel. I, so I bit the end of it and I'm squeezing chocolate into my mouth. But I'm like, well, I can digest it. So maybe it'll work. Yeah. New so, goo flavor. Yeah, new goo flavor. <laughs> Reese's Pieces. It would be solid. So you're getting through May Queen, you're going across the Colorado Trail, and how, how's Hagerman, how's Outward Bound for you? Uh, everything's everything's on pace, doing well. I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I'm nervous at the starting line, but once, and this is true for really any race for me, like once the race gets started, it's, I don't know, you're too out of breath to really, you know, be as anxious as you are at the beginning. But I'm like, all right, I'm, 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 I'm executing. Just go do what I said I was going to do. So I'm executing. And, uh, but I'm definitely looking for my, my crew, my, uh, familiar face at mile 24 for the thumbs up. You're doing good. Or the, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your slow chocolate face. <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I doing guys? <laughs> yeah. How do I look guys? Um, and I, the only thing I remember at, uh, mile 24 and I forget which age station that is, um, but we're bound. Now we're bound. So they're all set up. They, they literally, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I, I think I gave a drop bag for that spot. So they already had my drop bag, um, and they had everything like laid out, like a like a little picnic and a chair. So I sit down, and I'm like, it's warming up. The sun's coming out. Yeah. Uh, we've been running uh, in the dark. The race starts at four in the morning. So you've been running in the dark for a number of hours, and it's kind of like, all right, like what do I have that I don't need? And I'm realizing that first twenty something miles, I got a lot of stuff that I don't need. Like, I didn't realize, okay, when you go to these aid stations that, um, I'm thinking, what do, do they give you a cup or do they, are you supposed to carry this little, you know, like plasticky, uh, cup that they give you at Leadville? And I go, please, sir, may I have a little drink or what? So I'm carrying it and I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm the only idiot out here that's carrying the little plastic <laughs> cuppy thing. So I'm like, take that off. Take off my AirPods, like all this stuff. You start really, don't need that, don't need that. I'm actually not going to listen to music anyway, like I thought I would. And uh, so I sit down. I'm, I'm uh, repacking my pockets with uh, whatever junk that I need for the next 10 miles. Um, and uh, But they're like, you're looking good. Everything looks good. Uh, there's no reason to be concerned. They're like, you're doing really well and you're ahead of pace. I'm like, well, what? I've got an A-goal. A beagle and a seagull. Eagle is 25 hours. Uh, beagle is 27 hours. Seagull is 28. So, and um, and and my um, my pacer guy has put it 
on a, a laminated card, and I'm 50 years old. Like I can't, I, I can't see his laminated card. I'm like, how the hell am I doing? Like where am I? Like, he's like, you're doing good. You're ahead of the 25. So I knew I was doing well, and I felt. Right now good. you're in column A4. Can you <laughs> yeah, read A4? Yeah, no, I cannot. I can't read any of it. <clears throat> um, so. And I, I said, okay, let's make these let's make these stops no more than about two minutes, two three minutes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me shed some clothes. It was starting to get warm, and I knew it was going to warm up throughout the day. And I was like, do I need sunglasses? Nah, I don't think I'm going to do sunglasses. So I'm peeling off sleeves. I'm uh, putting on a different shirt, and I give myself two minutes, and I'm basically out the door. So uh, on pace, everything's everything's doing great. I don't see any reason why this thing's going to blow up at all. So I'm uh, from there. I'm trying to think what the next uh, get half pipe. Okay, and then you've got twin uh, legs. Twin yeah. legs. Okay. So uh, you start getting into you know some of the climb and some of the altitude uh, before you get to the pipeline, which is the really steep down. And I never saw this last year when I was a pacer for a friend. I never saw any of this with the sun up. So th- I'm, this is yeah. all new experience for me. Um, and uh, I'm realizing these are longer stretches than than I was maybe expecting. Like even even the pipeline down, I'm like, this is really long. Like you don't get to the what I remember as pipeline that long. I don't know what is that two mile stretch. You don't get to that. Uh, for a while, like you've got a lot of just in the trees, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and and I'm not totally being stuck on what pace I, I'm with as much as I am. I know that people around me are you know uh, doing well. I'm just kind of trying to keep up with the pack. Uh, I'm probably passing a few people, uh, but anyway, point is uh, I, I'm heading down. Let's see, pipeline, which is the really steep. Uh, and a buddy of mine just finished the bike the week before and he sent me pictures and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what I did in the dark. And it was awful. But so I'm heading down, um, you hiked up it in the dark, didn't you? Yeah. I hiked yeah. up it in the dark last yeah. year. So this year was straight down, um, into twin lakes, which by the way, into twin lakes. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, all right. You're not talking about pipeline. No pipeline is not pipeline. Um, what is you're it? Uh, power line. So, so no, no. power lines before outward bound. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're talking about from Mini Mount Elbert Aid Station, that little table set up with yes. Gatorade? Yes. Down into Twin Lakes. Yes. Station. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a name for that section, really. Oh, really? No. It's not an aid station. It's not an and aid Mount station. Mount Elbert it's a, Mini Aid it's a Station. Mirage. Like, I don't know why they call it anything. It's nothing but a table with a couple drinks out. <laughs> I don't even know why they put it out there. Yeah. Like, it's almost insulting. Like, back, <laughs> back, back there in the like, encouragement me, crowd, there's no water. Let me two more miles and let me get into the aid station. No. Okay, so yeah, you're you're talking about coming down into Twin Lakes. Coming down Which into that Twin is Lakes. A, that that kind of two miles is a gnarly. It's a it's, rocky road. It's I hate a gnarly that road. area. Yeah, it's rocky and yeah. it's steep. Yeah. Okay, so down into Twin Lakes. All right, but I mean it's steep, and I'm I'm learning. You know, okay, quads are really starting to feel this. This is now whatever thirty to I'm I'm heading. Yeah, from, we're thirty five, thirty six in at that point. Yeah, because yeah. Twin Lakes thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm excited because I'm like. I think I'm doing everything right at this point. I don't think there's anything that's gone wrong yet. And I know that, you know, you're going to get, I'm going to get punched in the face pretty soon. Um, so take whatever success you've had at, up to this point and, and, you know, use it. So anyway, um, I get down to Twin Lakes and uh, run through the, the crowd of people. The excitement's amazing. I mean, you guys, 
Yeah. It's not experience. It. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, 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 whether I'm racing or not, like hanging out in that little town, watching. Super cool, right? It's when you, super when cool. When you come down that kind of main street area where crews are on both of your sides and they're like, it's one of the best feelings yeah. in like ultra running, I think. I mean, yeah, there's it, just something so incredible about it. The cowbells. And I the think the setting and, also, because you're down yeah. in that valley and there's mountains all around you, and it's it's just a magnificent area. I don't like that. It's I love that it's not real commercialized. No. You're yeah. running like on a dirt road. Real commercialized, dude. It's it, not commercial at all. I that's mean, that thing is like that, that's, what, that's what I love about it is that it's yeah. not this big glamorous over the top. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rough, it's rugged, man. Yeah, it's I love rugged. that. And everybody's cheering, and it's bells, and you're just running. It seems like forever. And oh, it's yeah. 40, it goes all the way through that little deep. village yeah. town. Yeah. It's, it's, it's long. forty miles in too, yeah. so it's not like you know, like when you hit Outward Bound, which is a great aid station. Um, but you know, I mean, you're you're 24, 25 miles in at that point. When you come into Twin Lakes, you're forty miles deep, and so yeah. like you're into the like, okay, yeah. now we're in a real race. Right. Like right. this is a long ways. Right and here, I go. It's time to go to work. Like yeah. this is. This is the hard right. part now, right? So so up to that point, you're feeling pretty good. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I, I can't think that there's any one thing. And and I've got like hip issues. I've got, you know, I've had shin splints before. Like a lot of these things, I'm always kind of checking. Am I, am I okay? Am I doing all right? Like, where's yeah. my issue? Um, I'm not nauseated yet. I haven't had any of those issues. Um, so everything seems to be doing well. I'm trying to, I don't even know what time it was. Um, maybe like before 11 o'clock or something in the morning so i think i think us oklahomans have a touch of an advantage when it goes to the mountains because we deal, <laughs> let me explain yeah please tell me because we deal with humidity and heat here a lot when you go do that race it's not that hot and it's not that humid and that's a tough aspect to run in and so i i definitely noticed a difference i mean the elevation's killer don't get me wrong i mean all that's hard but running in the heat and humidity like we do here for our training yep. runs i think it's a really good Mental buildup, physical buildup for these races, right? And uh, so you don't deal with that as much at that race. Not so much sweat, right? Like it's you just, you're lot, just man. not soaking wet like right. you are here in Which five minutes. Which is miserable. You're so soaking wet. Sometimes. Well, it's just something you get used to, yeah. And so you tend to notice it when it's not, right? You know. I mean, I had enough people tell me that that it would correlate. That at least I believed it to, you know, toe the line. But um, I, I agree. I think we're some banking bro on science it. in that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's bro science in that. <laughs> So you're 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 going out now. We're into Twin Lakes. You're 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 ramped up. Here we go. We're going we're going to Hope. You're hitting the you're hitting the meadow, right? And I and I know that okay. This this is the real meat of the race is mile forty, which is Twin Lakes, back to Twin Lakes, which is mile sixty. And I know this is you know do or die. This is where it's uh, breaking. And so I I sit down again. Um, and that was one of the comments that that my crew had. They're like, oh my gosh, you got here a lot faster than I. You know, we just got here. Like we just set up. So um, I'm reading some of the feedback from the things that they're saying. I'm like, okay, I must be doing well. Um, yeah. I said, I'd have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Show me where the porta potties are. And so that was the first time I went to the to the uh, um, bathroom. And the one of the few things that I grabbed before I took off was um, my crew chief said, "Hey, um, you're doing great, but don't." start climbing this mountain without a headlamp i'm like are you serious like yeah like i don't have a whole lot of room back here like i'm gonna be back and, and i got lots of time to get i got back. lots yeah. of time right um last year my buddy i think he was down at like six or seven p.m or something yeah, with still the, daylight yeah 
still daylight. I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I trust him. So I, he shoves um, my headlamp into uh, into my bag, and, and and they're talking about. I was like, what's the weather prediction? I'm like they're listening to the weather up there because it's different up at the top as it is to the bottom. And um, he's like, yeah, you could get some rain. You might want to take your rain jacket. And my pack is like really small. I don't have a whole lot of room. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, just, you know, fit it in there. And so I throw it on and then I take off. Um, after I go to the bathroom, um, I take off. Now that one was maybe closer to five minute stop. And that was, I was like, these are going to be my two long ones. Twin legs out, twin legs in. Yeah. So uh, when you leave there, you know, you get that long meadow. Which last year, when I'm waiting on my racer, I'm like sitting in that meadow for hours and hours and hours waiting. So I felt like I kind of knew what that was like. And I was like, okay, no. I asked him last year. I was like, where does the actual climb start? He's like, when you get to the very end of it, you're going to do a couple little creeks. You're going to get wet. And uh, I think I did change shoes the first time at uh, yeah. uh, Twin Lakes. Anyway, and socks. So I was like, all right. So start taking off. Uh, I'm running the whole way across the meadow, do the creeks. Uh, they got a rope uh, that you hold on to as you're going across the creek. But all of this is kind of like building up what's what's to come. And I know it's going to be bad. Everyone says it's bad, but I've never seen it. It's not like I've hiked this so before. You've, you've never hiked Hope? No, never. Never seen it in my life. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. you know, I know people, have, you know, do the, the running camps and they yeah. do the whatever just to kind of feel what it's going to be like and... You know, even acclimate. Like I dropped my kid off at college on Thursday. <laughs> By Thursday night, I'm flying into Denver. I like get to my friend's house, Denver, almost midnight on Thursday night, and I've got a race in you know whatever, twenty hours. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I did not acclimate. I did not. That's good though because th- th- there's yeah. a science that, that nobody great, understands yeah. that nobody yeah. really knows what the right or wrong acclimation zone is. Right. So it's good to hear that. It's yeah. good to hear that. I mean, that- you can do it with. Yeah. Some of these things not going well for you. Sleep, acclimation. I mean, a lot of things that they would go, don't do that. You know, this is a mistake. <laughs> so um, anyway, where was I? So I'm at the bottom of Hope and it gets hard like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see that metal sign and it's like instantly hard, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it is just a grind from the get-go. And it doesn't make any sense how hard it is. I'm like... Could you not make a switch back? Like, why would you not <laughs> if you straight live, up? That's what we said the whole time. Four miles straight up. Nobody made one zigzag. Yeah. Not, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm on my tiptoes climbing for four something miles. And it just is relentless. And it doesn't stop. And that's when doubts start creeping in my head. Because yeah. I know I'm slow. I know I'm more winded than I should be. I know that I'm giving back a bunch of the time that I um, uh, banked up at this banked point. up uh, at the beginning, and so I'm like, okay, now this is the first like punch in the face. And uh, anyway, finally grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, get to mile whatever forty nine and something, and I'm like, tell me this is you know, it's not really going to be all the way to mile fifty before you you know actually crest and come down. And uh, you get to, and I, I've heard that you get to that, uh, what is it, Hope Pass? Ho- hopeless, yep. Hopeless, yeah. and... Hopeless, the aid station. Yeah. And you is could, before you the top. Yes. To you still have more like, to go. Why did they do that? Why not make it at the top? Like, <laughs> it's so, like, emotionally draining when you realize... <laughs> 
they're handing you drinks and cheering for you and whatever, and you're not to the top yet. <laughs> it's that like last section is not too. that easy. No, it's not <laughs> that easy. It's terrible. It's windy. It's cold. It's high. It's switchback. Yeah. A little bit of switchback. Yeah, and I would say the last mile going into that, it started raining, and so I had to stop, pull out my rain gear, put it on, and uh, it, it was it was threatening being more than it was. It never ended up being much. It kind of rained and yeah. got me a little wet. Um, but I, I was also with a group of, of people that were pushing, um, pushing it. And I say pushing it, we're talking, you know, push walking, you know, th- this is not actually running anymore. This is 20 something minute paces, you know? And so anyway, um, get to hopeless. Um, I've, I've got a buddy that I know is supposed to be at that spot and I'm looking for him. He's not there. And I'm worried now at this point, I've, I've moved on to the goose and I can't get him down much. Um, I'm worried that I'm getting behind on nutrition. So uh, I go up to the to the aid station and I'm like, um, can I, do you have any salt? Like I'm out of salt. I'm, my pockets are empty. So they give me uh, a watermelon covered in a bunch of salt, which uh, didn't taste all that great, but I knew the salt was you know beneficial. And then they get, because it was kind of cold and it was rainy and I was wet. They gave me some of that broth, and I was like, "Okay, great." But how good is that broth at that point, though? Uh, it's great. Like, I mean, when I last year when I was sitting there waiting on my runner, that's what I basically ate and drank, <laughs> trying to stay warm. That Dude, broth that is broth awesome. At, yeah. at that moment, yeah. is you throw, you pour a little bit of that broth on the mashed potatoes. Game over. See, I never touched the mashed potatoes. Never, Are the mashed potatoes either. good? I don't do that. It's like you, you're like, is it Thanksgiving? <laughs> or am I in the middle of a race? Yeah. I don't even I don't even know if any of this stuff's good for you. I just it's warming you up. They're like, whatever. But anyway, so I'm like, I'm not gonna hang out in this station very long. Let's keep going. Because I've got to get off this mountain. Everyone said the top of hope is you're gonna feel awful. Yeah. And I did. I didn't feel great at all. But I was like, I got to get to the top. And there's something about the, I, I'm actually at the top. I'm, I've finally made it to the top. Um, it's like a relief yeah. uh, that everything else is, not everything, but now I get to go down for a little while, like a little relief. So I was happy about that. I made pretty good time um, all the way to Winfield and uh, didn't hang out in Winfield. Like Winfield is the halfway mark, right? Um but I'm trying to, I don't even know what time it is. It's probably five or six. Um, well, six is the cutoff at Winfield. Okay. So do you know how, how far under the cutoff you were? Um, I ended up, I ended up when I got back to Twin Lakes, 45 minutes ahead of the cutoff. But from Hope all the way down, I, mean, I think it took oh, an hour yeah. and a half or something, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're that far ahead going into Twin Lakes and you get back with 45 minutes to spare before 10, which is uh-huh. the cutoff at 62. I think it was 9:15 when I got back to Twin Lakes. Because you that's left at 11. That's came, a hard up and yeah. over. Yeah, you yeah. came out of Twin Lakes as you said about around 11 o'clock, which yeah. is two hours and 15 minutes ahead of cutoff. Yeah, and then you came back 45. I mean, you had the time banks. It's not at the end of the world. Yeah. But that yeah. shows you how tough oh, yeah. that section is. What I was expecting for that mile 40 through 60 to be, what is it, seven hours is what most people yeah. expect? I think it ended up being more like nine. Yeah. Like, Hope Pass off. is no joke. Is that backside of Hope not? It's brutal. brutal. Oh, it's just brutal. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're talking about your story. Yeah. Like, it doesn't 10 feet into <laughs> the climb. And, yeah. I mean, you're like a feather. You could blow and you know, knock yeah. you over. So, And so I felt that immediately. 
and I was grinding it out. And and by this point, I'm not passing anyone anymore. Everyone's starting to pass me, and I'm slower than dirt coming back up to Hope Pass. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I get, I would say, three quarters of the way to Hope Pass, and I'm like, this may not, I may not finish this. This is terrible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm literally, I've got my poles. So I'm only using my poles for the really steep climb and to just i'm leaning over putting my head between the poles just trying to keep my you know uh candy and goose in my stomach at this point and i start throwing up and and people are passing me and they're like and everyone's got something clever to say like i've been there and whatever as they're passing you and i'm like thank you yeah exactly And I'm like, okay, I know that it's bad, but I can't stay in this place for very long. Like, you know, hurry it up and keep moving forward. Like, just one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And like you said, at, at times, it's only like 10, 15 steps, and yeah. you stop again. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is obvious. I'm from Oklahoma. It's not you know, going well. This is not going well. <laughs> but I still felt like, I mean, there's still lots of sunshine. I I don't think I ever really realized uh, I'm starting to close in on, you know, these cutoffs. So I'm at the top. Uh, I make my way down that whatever it is, mile or maybe it's half a mile from the very top to Hope Pass where the aid station is. And I've got a buddy that's there and he's he's hooping and hollering. He's excited that I'm there. And it's the first time I've seen him. And uh, um, his job is to evaluate the people and tell them whether they're good or whether they need aid, help them. But he's, he, um, he looks at me and I'm like, I need salt. I need something to drink. And I I need to get off this mountain. Like where, how am I doing? Where am I? He's like, you're fine. Don't sweat it. Just warm up for a second. It was kind of cold at this point, but he's like, it's going to take you about two hours to get down. I'm like, how, how far ahead of the cutoffs am I? And he's like, right now, I think you're about 45 minutes, but he's like, it's probably going to take you, give yourself about two hours to get down. Yeah. And uh, I was like, really? Two hours? Like, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Like, that's what he says. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I, I don't think I ever realized it was getting that close to dark. Like, I never expected, even when they threw my light in my pack at Twin Lakes the first time, I never expected that, um, that I was actually going to use the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I get... Three quarters of the way down, I, I figured I was still uh, ahead of cutoff, but now it's it's getting dark. And I cross the river, cross the river, and my light, my headlamp, I, I went ahead and put it on. It's now pitch black, and my light is blinking. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, it's blinking, and I'm like, oh, is my god, Is it gosh. dead? It's not dead, but it's so dim, you like, like when your battery away. gets low. It's oh, dying. It's so, like, hey, we're dying here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm realizing... This time more than the first time when I came through, this path is not straight. It's like kind of going all over the place. It actually points toward the mountain and and, and back. And I have no idea how my headlamp um, stayed on, but I was like, I, I could literally just be yelling in a field like, <laughs> "Someone come get me!" Because I don't, you know, I don't know where I am. I don't know if I'm even on the trail at this point. But the, it was it was light enough that I stayed on the trail, and I was just and no one was around me for whatever reason. Like, when I ran last year and I was a pacer, there was always someone around. I could kind of, even if my light went out, I could kind of jump in their light and stay with them. I'm completely by myself, and, and I don't know if that's good, that's bad. I'm just, it's my reality. 
And I knew I knew my my crew is probably worrying at this point. Like, yeah. um, and there's no signal up there, so even when you're crossing those mats, I'm not sure that they totally know no. down at the bottom that you've crossed it or how you're doing. They don't. They, they just don't. know that he should have been here before dark, and he's not. Yeah. So a goal goes out the window. B goal's out the window. C's probably out the window, and now it's just survival, right? Survival. So don't have to worry about reading that little. Sheet. Yeah, I don't have to read. Worry <laughs> about that. It's I'm not nowhere close to any of that. All because of this this 20 mile stretch of awful. And anyway, whatever. I get into uh, as you're going through Twin Lakes this time. I mean, there's a ton of people. Um, I heard about your experience like later, yeah. like it starts becoming less people, but there's yeah. still a ton of people and they're all looking past you. Like, is that my buddy? Nope. Yeah. That's not him. Yep. Is that, you know, my runner? Nope. That's not him. So I'm running through the town. Um, and that was my question. Like, okay. Um, how am I doing? How far ahead of cutoff am I? I know that I'm, I'd literally just ruined a bunch of, you know, these, uh, early goals that I had. And he's like, you're 45 minutes ahead. So I'm like, okay. Uh, but That's everyone t- everyone told me that it opens up after Twin Lakes as far as the cutoffs. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it'll get easier from mile 60 to 100, but I've got a pacer now. Now I have someone to talk to and uh, someone that can you know help me navigate mentally like yeah. what I'm doing here. So anyway, I um, uh, pick up my pacer, um, change shoes, change socks. I might've changed a few clothes, getting ready for the, the cold of the night and, uh, start off. And I, I'm, the nausea has not gone away. Like it's, it's back. Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to think where it was when I, when I got nauseated again, but I don't, I don't know if you guys do this when you're ultra running, but I started that dry, even like, <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I know my pacer hears it and he's like, are you all right? So I, just beatboxing over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It just, it's all, you know, it sounds bad. And I can't get away from people to like, you know, get the contents out of my stomach. But anyway, I keep going, keep going. And I, I have enough energy to kind of lightly jog the downhills, but the uphills are, they're a march. You know? yeah. So anyway, I, um, which is still great. If you're still jogging at all. Right. That's great because you're right. It does open up at Twin Lakes coming in. Yeah. And if you've got the ability to move faster than a march, you're you're gonna do you're gonna do well. Uh, and that's that was that was kind of my point of reference. Last year when I was with my buddy, um, he wasn't able to. He was like, my legs are trashed. I yeah. cannot do even the slight downhill. I can't get a, a jog going. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can, so it's probably going to go away soon, but let's keep doing it. Anyway, I got, I got probably to mile, I don't know, 65 or so, maybe after the first aid station. And I was like, I know I'm ahead of cutoff, but is there any, like, where am I expected to finish right now? And he was like, you're 29 and change. I was like, is there any chance that I can get under 29? And he's like, well, you'd have to push it. I said, okay, what does push it mean? Like, how, <laughs> like, exactly. Are we sprinting? Yeah. <laughs> he knows I don't have that in me. But he's like, if you can do about a 17-minute mile pace average, the, the, these last 40 miles or maybe 35 or something miles, he's like, I think you can get under that 29. So that kind of became the motivation for the last 40 in the dark was, can I get just under the 29 
And so that was what I was working against. And, and some of my best racing was probably that last 30 miles or something. Like when the sun finally came up and I'm, I'm around Twin Lakes and, uh, you know, people are doing the death march. You know what it was like yeah. toward the end. Uh, no one's got much left in the tank. I was hallucinating a little bit. Yeah. Were you? Oh, really? Were you at all? I was lightheaded. I don't know yeah. that I was hallucinating. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of on the left, on the left, passing, on the left, on the left. And even my pacer was like, I can't believe you've still got this left. I'm like, I mean, it's not it's not fast passing, but right. it's just taking little you know, um, uh, advantage of little spots because even around that, that, uh, twin lakes area, it's, it's single track. So you're, you're kind of having to bob and weave just to get around them. But, um, my pacer and my crew said, that's probably some of the, um, the, the coolest thing that they saw was how you were able to finish the race when it looked like there's a chance that you may not finish this thing whatsoever. Yeah. It sounds like, um, so what time did you come in at? I finish? Yeah. I ended up uh, 28.51, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you came in under so, so it sounds like giving you that goal at, four, at you know, 30, 40 miles out gave you the opportunity to, yeah. to look at a goal and say, okay, I can wrap my mind around that. Let's yeah. do that. And I needed that. Um, I think I needed something to, to push me through the discomfort that yeah. last 40 miles because – Everyone hurts. I mean, you know that. Everyone's everyone's struggling. Everyone's hurting. Um, you were talking about uh, uh, banana goo at such and such aid station. I'm like, all right, what if I shave off the aid station time? Like, I would yeah. go to the aid station, and I would kind of tell my pacer, I'm like, hey, uh, have them um, get me a new battery for my lamp. Have them get me, you know, um, whatever, broth. Like, let's get prepared for this aid station and let's not hang out here for very long. Yeah. And one of the things I kept coming back to, which I ran out of, was salt. I'm like, hey, see if you can find some salt up there. Like, sure. I need some salt. I need some salt. And uh, and I never quite knew. Like, you can't necessarily go into the aid station and, and read the tenor of what people are doing. Like, some of those aid stations, I'm like, aren't those people worried about cutoffs? They're like, seem to be hanging out and enjoying <laughs> themselves. Like, shouldn't we, like, push it? I, I don't. I don't know. But anyway, um, I never hung out in them much. I, had, I definitely didn't shop the tables as far as what was available. I was right. like, uh, I've got what I need. I'm going to go. Just go. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's what I did. And, and it ended up ended up working out in my favor. But again, I mean, there were plenty of A, B, and C goals that kind of went out the window. And it's like, all right, now it's just time to survive. So. Yeah, I think it says a lot to be able to not only deal with your goals as you're feeling good and going through the race where things are going well, but to watch those go out the window and then be able to essentially regroup yeah. and establish a new goal that's attainable, that that says a lot about you. Um, and <laughs> I, you. I am I very envious. I think that says a lot about you. Yeah, yeah you got to be able to do that sometimes, yeah. right? I mean, that's definitely a, an important aspect to mm-hmm. finishing races. What I found fascinating was the fact that he had never seen the course. You had never physically went no. out there and viewed it and prepared. You literally were like relative and just in the moment. And just as much as you were switching your goals, you were relative like, okay, well, where am I at pace-wise? Or where yeah. am I at cutoff-wise? Like for me, I was like... All right, I'm here. I'm here. This is cut off. I know this time. I know this. I want to know every bit of data that I can gather because yeah. it helps me kind of stay calm, kind of keeps my anxiety down a little bit. For you, it's like, hey, this is what it's I'm going to do. I'm going to take it as it as yeah. it comes. So yeah, you just rolled with the punches. 
you came, you came in not acclimated. You, you never seen the course. You did your own style of, of nutrition and you didn't meet your goals. Your own style of nutrition. <laughs> I never heard does. anybody do that that way though. I never yeah. anybody eat candy and then switch to, to goose and then switch to liquids, right? Yeah. So that was something unique to you. I, I find it really, really cool. Really fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right thing to do or not. That's well, you finished. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you across the finish line, yeah, which yeah. is more than what can be said for myself at two tries. Honestly, you just, if, if you put all of those things together, if you said, if, if, if you didn't know the result and you said, Here's a guy from Oklahoma. This is what he did. And you put all that, you yeah. know, fly in the night before. Run, runner A. Nothing but candy. Uh, yeah. Like if you put all those factors together and then you go, did he finish? You'd say, no, no way. Yeah. Didn't finish. Um, he got a big dose of reality during right. that. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and somehow you kind of, um, obviously, I, I assume you learned a tremendous amount. And uh, oh, so yeah. now you're thinking like, golly, now I know a lot of stuff that I would do better. And, oh, yeah. and probably perform better, right. but like the fact that you gutted it out and finished it, like that's crazy. It's, oh, it's absolutely like lots of respect for that. Just this, the ability to adapt and overcome. People yeah. have to that's understand amazing. how next level it is for like to do a hundred miles in that environment. Honestly, like yeah. you just you have to understand that it's. And I kind of like I know a lot of people that that uh, will talk to me about the race. They're, they're thinking a hundred, but. When you're in the race, you're really only thinking the next 10, then the next 12, and then the next, like, it's all, like, in in, in bites that you're like, all I got to do is just get to my next aid station. I got right. to meet my crew, and then I got to, like, you have all these little things along the way that there's no way that you can, you can you know, eat that elephant in one bite. It's, it's yeah. small, little, measurable things, yeah. and you're constantly evaluating where you are, how you're doing. And, uh, and yeah, you're, you're going to get kicked in the, uh, stomach a bunch and kind of like, do you, can you, can you work your way through these things? So I, I like it. I, I like the challenge. I like the, the uns- I even like the uncertainty. Like I don't have to know that I'm going to be successful. I'm okay. You know, just thinking, well, I'm just going to give it my best and see where I go from there. Um, so it was, it was an absolute blast. I, I, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know about every year, but it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, I mean, okay, so what's next? I mean, that, you kind of open it up. What's, you know, what's, what's funny, next? like running, you, you go from one opportunity and a door that gets opened and you kind of, uh, your curiosity's peaked and it opens another door. And a friend of mine, after I came back from Leadville, was like, you know, you have a ticket to Western States now, right? I was like, what? Uh, I have what? And he's like, yeah, you have you have a ticket now to Western States. It's like. Um, you should you should definitely put your name in the hat for that. And I'm running uh, I'm running CIM I think in December, and it's like 45 minutes away. So you get an extra ticket for being there live. So I don't know. This is for me as a runner. This is how this stuff happens. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Someone piques your interest. Yeah. You have a couple successes. Um, you have an opportunity. You're like, well, maybe you know. I don't know. Maybe we'll try. Who knows? Uh, I'm curious again, right? And you haven't found your limit yet. Right. right? Yeah, I well, guess, I guess. That's Jared said something. Um, Jared said something uh, either a podcast ago or a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, that that perfect race is not out there. Right. But yet the pursuit of that perfect race is always there. Right. And so it's like, you know, I, I accomplished this, but had all these things gone a little bit better 
I might have this in me. Right. And that that is a um, oh, that, I agree. I mean, everyone kind of looks back and they you. go, uh, "Did I leave anything on the course?" Well, yeah, I could have done this better. I could have yeah. done that better. This could have uh, worked out for me on race day, and it didn't. Um, I don't know. Did when when you were racing? Do you remember? Um, do you remember the time when like the leaders passed you? I'm always uh-huh. curious. I'm uh-huh. like, who's who's sure leading? I remember both years when the leaders passed me. Oh, really? Um, and what's crazy is I'm going up hope when they're coming down hope yeah. and they're making it look easy and they're chipper towards me. Great job. Keep it up. Great job. Keep it up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, like they're high five. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. I, the community is something that we have gravitated towards right. and everybody we meet has a unique story, yet it's a similar pursuit of something inside themselves. And that's what we're all doing is trying to figure out, you know, who's in there. Do we like them? Right. And do we want to change them? And so that's that's the beauty of it. My uh, uh, my claim to fame is okay. I see Harvey Lewis on the way up because he's on the way down, right? Yeah. And I'm you know high fiving him because I know he's going to kill me by about whatever seven hours. And as I'm coming up um, that finish line, and it keeps climbing. Like I don't know how they can continue keep climbing for the last <laughs> three or four miles. It's still climbing. Like does it ever stop climbing that that course? <laughs> Anyway, the last literally quarter mile, uh, I see Harvey Lewis, and he's got an entourage. Like, everyone's around him or whatever, and I ended up passing him. Now, I'm sure he's got, like, I don't know, a broken leg or something, the reason why he's not <laughs> finishing the way he should have. But uh, I end up passing him, and I must have finished just, just ahead of him. Um, We're going to have Harvey Lewis on to talk about these people who passed <laughs> He's like, you know, I slept you're, or something. You're, 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 you're I took not, a nap. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. I took a nap. <laughs> Our last interview, Brad, he said the same thing. He's like, I got to pass Harvey Lewis at this point. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have him also until his side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we're just gonna, you know. Oh, he's uh, a freak. Oh, man. Oh, Incredible. Man. So we'll go in the lightning round. I'm going to ask my question. What's your one favorite piece of gear? Uh, nice adjustment from last lightning round question Thank where you. you encompassed the whole thing. I well, see, apparently I, I appreciate the whole that. lightning round. So <laughs> I asked one simple question: What was your one favorite piece of gear for the whole race? Well, I'm not going to say Reese's Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Reese's. Uh, let's see, my favorite piece of gear is probably my shoes, um, and I didn't even realize how many people wore them but I, I wore the hoka speed goat whatever oh, yeah. and like oh, yeah. as i'm walking around like everyone has on my shoes yeah. like i didn't even know i was onto something and i liked them we're so, both yeah. hoka speed goats too yeah. uh, i should say one other thing um toe socks which one toe socks gingies cool. uh the zoskin okay all right I, I don't know that it matters that much but just toe socks in general because okay. i hate blistering and i don't have any toenails anyway but you know, I want to save the ones I've got. So yeah, I like it. Do you wear? Do you do toe socks, Jerry? I do sometimes. I do toe yeah. socks. I kind of go back and forth because I never know what works. I do toe socks. Okay, Hands if you down. had to, create, I'd be scared not to. Honestly, if you had to create one goo flavor, what would it be? Oh, jeez, I don't like any goos. They all taste bad when you're racing. But it's your goo, huh? It's your goo. You get to create whatever flavor you want. Reese's Pieces. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I? I'll tell you more. What I don't like is I don't like the coffee flavor stuff. I, I think oh, you were really. Like oh my god! I can't yeah, handle the coffee. He loves flavor. the Get coffee flavor. I eat those. Really? Like, I'm not yeah. even training. <laughs> like a snack. Like, ah, they're like terrible. Breakfast. They're terrible. I can't. I can't stomach them. They're awful. Not even while I'm running. All right, Jeff. All right. Uh, 
let's say that you decide to go sub 25. What's the one thing you change about your training? Uh, I would slow down and I would do more climb. Like my, uh, my trainer is, uh, um, I think he's more geared towards, uh, marathons and halves and speed work. So I, my, my crew chief was like, are you serious? You just did a speed run at the gym and you're like six days out from Leadville. What are you doing? Like, I would probably slow way down and just climb like for hours, like, I don't know, watch a Netflix show and just climb for hours and hours and hours. That's good advice. That's great advice. My, this has been awesome. Yeah, we come, we come back and do another episode. Oh yeah, this is this is fun. This has good. been incredible. I'm not used to talking about myself this much, but oh, well, you next, did a great job. Next time you come on, we'll talk about Chief. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can make that deal. <laughs> we, Mike, we really appreciate it. It was great yeah. having you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on, telling your story, and sharing it with everybody. Oh, thank else. you. It's been an honor. You can find me at uh, Savage Navy Chief. Iron Man Lawyer, Jeff Boyer 75, 3OK Runners, and 3OK Runners at Gmail. Again, we appreciate you, Mike, for coming out, and I will see you next time.